0: Ebullient greetings. I'm your host, Jackie Bird of Jackie Bird Spiritual Wellness, your guide to stress and anxiety relief, mindfulness, awareness, self care, self love, and personal growth. Welcome and thank you for joining me as we roll with peace in mind. I hope that you are having a great holiday or had a great holiday by the time that you hear this. I sound a bit like a baritone, (laughs) a little under the weather, but feeling all right. I want to thank you for 2021, my listeners, and I'm wishing you a fabulous 2022. Speaking of 2022, I have a workshop, if you are listening to this and it's still December, December 29th. It also repeats January 8th and January 9th. It is called Don't Defer You, and it's a guided meditation and journaling workshop. And it is to get you in the right frame of mind for 2022. What are your intentions? Set your intentions, and I take you through a beautiful guided meditation. So I hope that you join me. Come vibe with me, come vibe with me. This episode takes two oldies, yet goodies, The first one is the six best gifts to give yourself, and that was episode 36. And then the next one is reducing stress, and that was episode 43. So they both have to do with how can we, in the new year, get ahead of the stress. Maybe we need to say no when we always say yes. So I give you some things to consider, some tips to get your stress relief happening. All right? So, without further ado, today's riff is a wisdom replay. The six best gifts to give yourself before stress has got you in a mess. We've all seen those articles about how bad stress is for our health, how it makes our adrenal glands fire adrenaline, the fight or flight hormone, We've read how it can cause head, back, and stomach aches, raise blood pressure, cause fatigue, depression, and lower our immune systems. We know it makes for many a sleepless night and can possibly lead to heart disease because of the amount of epinephrine that gets pumped into our systems. And we also know that constant habitual stress can lead to a whole host of other health issues. Not to mention that being stressed out just doesn't feel good. And when you don't feel good, you don't make others feel good either. But because everybody is stressed out, we take it to be the norm, that it comes with the territory of being alive. Goodness knows we can be our own worst nightmares. The constant popping off of our fears and our critical, judgmental minds that never stop chattering that can truly drive us in torment. The Buddhists call it the monkey mind. Our thoughts at rapid speeds jump from synapse to synapse, often crashing at rest stops where we can't shut them off when we want to sleep or meditate. We want peace so badly and think a vacation is what we need. Sure we do. That vacation is wonderful. But since we spend more time not on vacation, that means all that monkey mind activity, it takes a toll on us physically, mentally, and spiritually, truly. The way to creating peace within your mental space is in recognizing the mind wars we assault ourselves with, complete with guerrilla fighters, like the voice of your mother or father, your boss, the media, your friends, etc. We are constantly under a barrage of judgments, dressing downs, belittlings, and insults. How many of us casually call ourselves stupid or a brand new fool? That's not a very nice thing to say, even to yourself. Yet, we do it constantly, habitually. We don't even realize the siege that we are both our own jailers and captives. I like that phrase. Kind of cool. Seriously, we are always under a barrage, a siege, and we are both our own jailers and captives. I had to say that again. Being unaware... Our thoughts become things that just float between the synapses, hurtling us around like we're in a boat during a storm with a dead engine, and our moods go up and down, riddled with stress and anxiety, sometimes to the point of depression. Especially during COVID, some of us are losing our last ever-loving minds. Um, but did you hear what stress does to us? why keep doing that to ourselves you don't have to emulate a stressed out lifestyle because everybody else is doing it you and i mean you can break the chain doesn't mean you won't feel stressed or be aware that there's stress but if you crown yourself with the six best gifts on a regular basis you won't be quite the mess when stress comes your way You'll be able to go with the flow better, recognize solutions much faster, and become even more productive, creative, and efficient. So just before you feel your eyeballs are about to pop out of your head, or if they've done so already, number one, tell yourself to go to your room. The room I'm referring to is the one in your head where there's a quiet space amidst the buzzing of the chattering mind. Give yourself timeouts periodically. Step away from your work. Go someplace you can grab a moment to take that time-out. Close your eyes. Cup your hands over them to temporarily block out the glare of the lights. And take a deep inhale through your nose. Then exhale slowly through the nose. And when you breathe, feel like you're filling yourself up like a balloon and letting that air out and your body lets go of stress and tension and relaxes. Take another hit of air slowly. Feel yourself filling your ribcage up. Exhale even slower. Repeat if you have time. Remove your hands, give them a shake, and you're ready to slay again. Repeat throughout your day. A little goes a long way. And I know, you know, some some folks got small children, and that's challenging but I got a little bit more to say about that in a minute. View taking time out to go to your room as an Uber Mini Express staycation. Similar, but to be done at another point in your day, number two, take MHB's mental health breaks. Step away from social media, the news, any and all screens. Don't talk about the state of the world or anything you fear or find aggravating and do something enjoyable. Not because you have to, but because you want to, even if it's just staring out of the window holding a cup of coffee. Especially challenging if you have small children, but employ creative means to make it happen. Perhaps having them join in. Children learn so much from observation. Establishing wellness practices while they're young shows them the importance of being mindful custodians of their well-being as they will take note of the changes they see and feel from you as a result of your mindfulness practice. Practicing self-love is being your own BFF. And number three. Saying yes does not mean no when you really mean no. No means no. Saying yes when you mean no gets you into so much trouble and aggravation. I know you can think of all the times you said yes when you meant no. The aggravation ain't worth it. I hear people say things like, I really didn't want to, but ah, I felt obligated. And even though it was inconvenient, I said yes, and it turned out to be a nightmare. Or, I hate doing things for that person I always feel taken advantage of. I hate myself for always saying yes, but I feel like I have to. Um, no you don't. That is one of the most self-destructive, stressful things we do to ourselves. Agreeing to stuff we don't want to do, and we convince ourselves we have to do it. People-pleasing makes everybody happy except you. Unhappiness is a stressful state of being. Say no when you mean no. The next time Mr. or Ms. Take Advantage comes around and asks you to do something you don't want to do, and they give you that pleading or menacing look, say no. Then stick to it. They may try to impose their will or opinion upon you, and your critical inner voices will try to dish you to make you feel bad. You really should do it, you know. You really should do it, you know. But don't give them a room in your mental space. Say no, and keep on keeping on. When you get the hang of it, you'll thank yourself profusely. It's a cycle that can be challenging to break if you're always a people pleaser and you're always saying yes. But when you say that first no, <laughs> oh my gosh, you're gonna be like, you can either be freaking out or you can be like, oh I'm free. And remember, you have every right to act on your own behalf. Saying no when that's what you mean will set you free. Did somebody say free? Another gift that keeps on giving is to number four, exercise appreciation. Becoming more appreciative every day is one of the most soul stirring things you can do. And boy, does it lift your mood, your vibe, and your outlook. The more you recognize and look for things to appreciate, things begin to shift in your life. Solutions appear that seem to elude you. People come seemingly out of nowhere to assist you. Doors open in your way of looking at things shifts for you cannot be positive while focusing on the negative. Can't do it, can't do it, can't do it. They are two completely different frequencies. The positive frequencies come over the airways, clear and crisp, while the negative frequencies flood the airways with mutual static and distortion. And while I'm at it, remember to say nice things about yourself to yourself, appreciate you. Your body, I don't care if you got 50 extra pounds on you. Appreciate your body, your life, for it is a gift. Rule of thumb, more appreciation equals less aggravation, less anxiety. Making time to appreciate can help you to number five, be more present. Pay attention, actually be in the room with yourself as you engage in activity and have your mind in the same place as your body. When you are present, you are an active participant in your life and you won't just phone it in and you won't feel like life is too short because too be, you will be too busy involved in it and you won't be paying attention so much to time. And you'll also know where you put your keys. Pay attention, (laughs) show up for every moment, even the painful ones. All experiences contribute to the fabric that is the ever evolving you, whether you can see them as they occur or not. Becoming more present deepens your connection to the whole of which you are a part of. Become present more often and you will be more aware of what your stressors and triggers are before they dig in to take hold. Number six, begin or deepen a meditation practice. I know, I know, you know it's good for you cause you read all those articles too and you have tried to meditate, thank you very much, but you just can't get into it. I hear you. Quiet in the mind can be a gargantuan undertaking. Even the thought of it is like, say what? But if that practice eludes you, consider guided meditation to help you get going. It's like an express train with food service, taking you directly to calmer, grounded, and more balanced, provided you employ the gift of number five, being present. We are so busy doing, thinking, and entertaining our chatterbox minds that being still for as little as five minutes can serve as a respite, a pause button, a direct line to our deeper knowing selves. And that's where peace lives. And the good thing is, stress is not allowed through that door. Slowing down momentarily, allows our overworked adrenal glands a moment to chill, our blood pressure to lower our jaws to unclench. There are many resources out there. You owe it to yourself to gift yourself with oodles and oodles of presence to connect to your inner peace and well-being, especially during these uncertain times. It may sound like attempting the impossible, Learning to become more calm, less stressed, less anxious in these most stressful of times. But think of it this way learning to reduce stress and anxiety now is akin to depositing an extraordinary sum of money in the bank. You're depositing into the bank of your well being, the gift of your life. A healthy lifestyle is not only being mindful of eating and exercise habits, but to really live our best life includes becoming acutely aware and attentive to our mental health and well-being. It is a game changer. Number two in the Wisdom Replay. Reducing stress, be an advocate for your well-being, no matter what is going on. I know, I know, you may be saying, bird, you expect me to be thinking about my well-being when the sky is falling? The world is falling apart. I'm worried for my loved ones, my friends, the economy. What are you talking about, girl? Oh, yeah. I know we have a multiple of scenarios we're living with, such as, I am out of work, alone and miserably lonely. I am working from home with school-aged children doing remote learning, Ah! I am taking care of my aging parents and or in-laws. I am separated from them and worried for my aging parents. My business will go bankrupt if I can't open and I will lose everything I have worked for so long, for so l- oh, oh, you know what I mean. Yes, so many different situations we are suffering through. And I can hear some of you saying, how do you expect me to be an advocate for my own well-being when we are in crisis mode of epic proportions? I've got more stress now than ever. Oh gosh, I do hear you. We are all affected by this global event in some way, shape, form, or fashion. And yes, with all that is going on, that is exactly why you must be an advocate for your well-being. As we are seeing people getting sick, leaving the planet, it's more important now. To really, really get a handle on your well being. The more you freak out, the more you worry, the further away you move from any semblance of well being and balance, and could ultimately be of no use to anyone, let alone yourself. So, you know, we're freaking out, we're doing what we're doing, and we seek solace on social media. And when a bunch of us get together on social media, further fanning the flames of fear, it may feel like solidarity, but nothing really gets accomplished except upsetting ourselves even more. Becoming more calm is an ingredient in advocating for our well being, and it benefits everyone. Ask yourself, If you and another person get stuck in an elevator for hours, would you rather be in there with them having a panic attack, rolling around and taking up space, or them remaining calm and using that energy to help make a bad situation more bearable than it could be if you had panic-stricken Polly in there with you? And have you ever been in a situation where you were so scared, you were scared out of your gourd, but you remained calm, and you were able to help a stranger chill out? I have been in some instances of being scared, but was able to remain calm, and it helped to calm everyone else around me, including the person in distress. It is in hindsight as I think about it, a miraculous thing to experience as everyone around followed my lead in terms of calmness. You may have a boss that panics at everything, making the work situation quite tense, While on the other hand, you may work for someone who is way cool and doesn't have hissy fits when things go south. Panicking does not solve a thing. And when we do that continuously, it puts us in a negative zone as far as well-being goes. It's like giving yourself acids because it's so toxic. Here, cells, I'm going to give you a cocktail. Take that, drink that down. That's just worry, panic, and fear. Take that, take that. That's what we are doing to ourselves. That's why you gotta advocate for your well-being. And then, you know, some of us are superwoman and superman. Oh yes, you may be able to power through because of a steely determination to keep all the balls up in the air while doing a one-handed handstand. Woo, but boy, all that stiff upper lift stuff does is help to bust up your immune system. And another important reason to advocate and be an advocate for your well being, especially now. When you take care of your well being and make that a priority, it's a win win for everybody you have got to take conscious care of your mind-body connection. Be more of an observer of your thoughts and actions. Become more aware and put into action those things that take care of you. When you do that, like I said, it's a win-win for everybody. Everybody benefits. Everybody in your household will benefit when you look into advocating for your well-being. So much of the root of imbalance and dis-ease is in how our minds process things, how we think. How our approach to things go. Are we conscious, aware and present, or are we operating by rote on autopilot? That's a question in and of itself to ask yourself as a check-in. Are you conscious and present in this moment or on autopilot? Are you neglecting your well-being by doing or not doing things you know will benefit you? Here are some things to consider. Are you aware of what happens to your body when you see something you disagree with or, Have a dissenting opinion from somebody else. Let's say on social media, do you feel your body temperature rising, your heart rate and breath quickening though seemingly benign our constant inner explosions to stimuli, be it on a personal business or social media front. Sends our emotions up and down constantly and continuously in a given day. One of the many reasons sitting still and breathing deeply is paramount to the success of advocating for your well-being. It gathers you to yourself. It gives you time to gather your wits. You can always tell what your predominant thoughts are in a given period by how you feel. Feeling sad? Feeling angry? Feeling cranky, and irritable? Invigorated? Enthusiastic? Uplifted? How do you generally feel about life? And you know, I bet right about now you ain't feeling so hot about it. And that is understandable. But again, that whittles away at your well being, at your health, at your immune system. Goals to reduce stress and knee jerk reactions to stimuli. How do you do that? One plan of action is to observe, implement, and diffuse. Observe, implement, diffuse. This plan of action is not a sprint. So do not judge yourself and keep score. Just number one, observe your patterns. Just observe, don't judge, just, just check yourself out. Keep a log or summary, how you behave, what your mental workings are when you are stressed. What are your behaviors when stressed? And these are not things to ask your partner, children or friends about. This is about you recognizing your behavior. So. Do you start worrying or imagining the worst that can happen? In other words, using your imagination to create the things you don't want. Do you over or under eat? Do you smoke? Do you bite your nails? Do you bite your lip or clench your jaw when you're stressed or worried? Do you engage in uncontrolled leg tapping or shaking? Ooh, I see that a lot on the train. Great googa do you have uncontrolled thoughts in a racing mind? They call that the monkey mind, the Buddhists. I bet you do. That is what we're all working on. <laughs> do you get headaches constantly, back aches, stomach aches? Do you snap at people and loved ones when you're irritable? You have bad moods often? Do you get or stay depressed for long periods of time? Do you spend a lot of your day holding your breath, waiting for the other shoe to drop? Truly observe your behavior. That's all. That list that I just gave you, see if you do any of those things. If you do something else, figure out what that is. Observe what that is. And remember, there's no judgment here. This is the fact-finding part of advocating for your well-being. Remember initially, until you begin to recognize patterns without the need for reminders, keep a journal and document what you discover. Once you have, you know, document what you discover, particularly when you really, 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 really are stressed, which I would guess would be about now. Once you have observed and pinpointed how you behave, react, or affected by unpleasant and stressful stimuli, the next phase is two, to implement to implement measures to ultimately change the behaviors and reactive patterns you have to stressful stimuli. This entails A, taking deep breaths, long in breaths, followed by slower out breaths. Deep breathing is key in reducing stress levels and taking charge of your well-being. B, inserting a mantra during the deep breathing that you can either find or create like, I am calm, I am guided and protected. I acknowledge the fear and I release it. I will know what to do. I got this. I am capable. Even when I feel like I'm not, I am capable. I am in receivership of answers. I am centered. Or whatever mantra works for you. I tell myself, stop. (laughs) Sometimes, depending on my insistence of the replaying of the thought over and over, I just say, stop. Just stop. Matter of fact, yesterday, the temperatures really dropped. And uh, the heat had been turned off by the landlord. I have a feeling he may not have been around. But anyway, it was cold, 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 cold. And I hate being cold. So I'm, you know, doing my thing. And I find myself starting to play that thought over. I'm cold. It's cold. This shouldn't be happening. This is ridiculous. Blah, 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 blah. Stop just stop. And as soon as I observed, I implemented the mantra to just stop. And then I took a pause and I went on about my business. It is, this is something that is lifelong. This is not something that you will immediately or in the long run master there are always going to be things that push your buttons and you will have to recalibrate. You will have to remind yourself of the tools. These are tools to use when you find yourself getting a little crazy. So you may have to play with a few mantras to find the right one or have a few to use in different situations. Mantras are great tools to help you put the brakes on, runaway thoughts to get you to snap out of that. A, breathing, B, mantras, C, changing your mindset about the situation, person, place, thing, or what you just read that gets you all riled up. If it is a situation you cannot leave or change at the moment, then changing your perspective about the situation will help to lower your stress and pushing back about whatever it is that you don't like. At the same time, Implement the changes you intend, not wishing, not hoping, but intend to create for yourself in reducing stress and igniting your well being. Again, keep a written or digital journal and remember our behaviors are habitual, practiced over time, over years. It will take time to adjust them, to recalibrate them. Diligent attention intention, persistence, and patience will reap results sooner. And I know in a crisis, that is the last thing that you want to be thinking about doing, but I assure you that when you can get yourself to a calmer place, you will be able to navigate difficult periods in your life much, 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 much better and with less stress on yourselves. As you move through action number two to implement, after you have, number one, observed your behavior, you move to three, diffuse the stress. Whenever you feel stress rising, that's observing, because of your practice, you can shift into implementing the breath, implementing the change your mindset with your mantra, and this lowers your blood pressure, slowing your heart rate, Calms the adrenal glands that fire adrenaline and arrive at a more centered state. So, doing the two, observing and implementing, allows you to begin to diffuse the stress. Doesn't mean you make the stressor go poof, because the stress is going to be right in your face, the stressor, but your reaction to it is what this plan is about. And in this plan, the question is what other things? can you do for yourself that will raise a sense of well-being? Limiting how much social media news you inhale is one concrete thing you can do right off the bat, becoming much, 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 much more discerning. And what you give your attention to is key. Sometimes I am so worn out after scrolling down my feed, my emotions thrown every which way, I'll find myself asking, why am I so irritable? You know, it could be like, you know, maybe a couple of hours later and I'm doing something else and it's like, why am I cranky? That's the observing phase. And, you know, many times I can trace it directly back to what digital content I had consumed. Social media, while a part of how we roll, can be lethal to our well being depending on what you swallow. How many times have you read someone declaring they were going to take a mental health break from Facebook and social media in general? Have you, while on social media, ever stopped to observe what happens to you? You know, what happens to you when you're on Facebook? Have you stopped to look at that? Check that out. For example, one day I noticed and realized that in response to a post I saw about something crappy happening to a French child, that my body had tensed. I was squeezing my muscles as I wrote a response, (laughs) you know, and I'm furiously typing my response. But before I pressed the send button, I stopped. I took a breath and I asked myself if my comment would help or incite. Would it be a solution or contribute to the chorus of outrage of of you know post after post after post and the threat oh my god that's ridiculous that's just awful that's a... what was my comment going to do and in that time as I'm like asking myself this question and you know it don't take ten years to ask the question it's just poof right very quick in that time I decided not to post my comment because ultimately it wasn't going to serve any good not me or to anybody else that read it and at the same time. When I had that realization and made that decision, I noticed that my muscles loosened. You remove the threat, the perceived threat, and your body goes back to a state of well-being if you allow it to. And I was like, whoa, I got to watch that. You know, becoming more aware of how you function, man, That that's like everything. The old fight or flight reactions our bodies do for our protection Ooh, heart rate, blood pressure go up, muscles stay tightened up so that you can spring into action. And our breathing speeds up, regardless of whether the stimulus is a threat or not, it's our thoughts about what we perceive that makes the body go into overdrive. The more aware we become of self, the better we will be. And for those of you who have an interest in gemstones and crystals, that was some segue, wasn't it? <laughs> I just jumped into that. But anyway, you know, for those of you who have an interest in gemstones and crystals, there are many with cooling, soothing properties that you can use in your well-being. And I did a earlier episode about stones that will soothe you. You tend to, and this is a generalization here, the lighter blue stones, which govern the throat chakra, your throat area. Those are some good stones to look at. When you hold a stone and take deep breaths, it is a wonderful way to calm, soothe, ground, center, and balance you. They make exceptional meditation aids. And one in particular to check out is the beautiful aquamarine. It's a beautiful crystal. It's called the Stone of Courage. It has soothing and calming energies and would be wonderful in chilling out the nerves using awareness and presence. In other words, you have to use these stones with intention. All stones, you have to use with intention. You can't just hold the stone and think, okay, abracadabra, and I'm okay. Nah, you have to put your focus your intention into what you're doing. It's said to harmonize its surroundings, give support to the overwhelmed, and encourage one to take responsibility for oneself. Credit that line to the Crystal Bible by Julie Hall. And what Robert Simmons of the Book of Stones says about the gorgeous aquamarine is so good, I gotta quote him. These luminous blue gemstones are one of the wonders of the mineral kingdom. They are good for all types of calming and cooling from hot flashes to anger, yet they also activate the throat chakra, assisting one in the clear communication of one's highest truth. They are stones of the water element, which deals with your emotions, bringing one in touch with the subconscious, the domains of spirit, and our deepest emotions," Unquote. Now, this is like where the naysayers come in. They're like, ah, I, I held stones, I can't feel nothing. <laughs> You know, whether you can actually physically feel the cooling energy is not the point. So don't get tripped up on that. If you don't feel anything when holding it, the important thing is the thought behind the reason to use it. Because the thought of it as being a positive force in its usage and the intention behind it promotes the healing, the soothing, cooling, and calming. All starts With a thought. Take deep breaths when the stress starts to rise. Remember that stress depletes you of your well being. Hold on to that wisdom throughout your year. Come back to this episode. Listen to the messages. Visit my website. I write a blog. A lot of what I cover in my podcast is also in my blog to remind you. Also, as I said, come to my website. I've got a lot of stuff on there to help remind you to calm and stress down. Forgot to mention, the workshop is virtual, so you can join me from anywhere around the world. The dates are December 29th, January 8th, and 9th, 2022. And all of that information is in the description. The link to get more info, find out about tickets, yada, yada, yada. That's all in the description please tell your family and friends about this podcast word of mouth is the bomb diggity also please consider becoming a patron of this podcast your support would be a boost in my continuing to create host and produce this baby and lastly please visit my website for stress, anxiety relief tools, mindfulness tools. I got a whole bunch of goodie things on there. But in the meantime, you know what to do. You got to roll with peace in mind.